This is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently, to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Dinara Roberts, an operations manager, and my password manager has changed my life. I'm Mia Northrop, a researcher and writer who loves a good before and after story, and a life admin makeover is just as thrilling. This episode will bring you up to speed with the state of our administration. Hello, and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. This is episode 50, the last ep for season five, and we want to thank you for tuning in each fortnight. We really appreciate your time and loyalty, and trust that you walk away with at least one little nugget of gold that you can apply to your own life each episode. If you've enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts or give us a shout out on the socials like Mimi, who shared on Facebook and said, this is a great podcast, super useful and practical, very listenable and enjoyable. Well, thank you, Mimi. And thank you to Courtney, our producer, for her audio wizardry. She's the one that makes us very listenable. This podcast juggernaut is definitely a team effort. So we're going to be on hiatus for a few months after the end of this season. We're going to be prepping for season six, and we're also going to move through the next stages of editing and proofreading our Life Admin Life Hacks book, which is going to be published next year with HarperCollins. It's very exciting to be at this stage. This is going to be such a useful reference for listeners who want all those tips and tools in one place. I've actually used the draft manuscript since we wrote it. I've actually looked up things to check, like, what's the shortcut for this again? It's actually useful for me. Uh, We're also kicking off one-on-one coaching on life admin and personal organisation. We're trialling concierge services where we'll do comparison shopping for you if you want to get in touch and get to know more about these things. Ping us at hello at lifeadminlifehacks.com. In the interim, while we're on hiatus, sign up to our monthly momentum newsletter at lifeadminlifehacks.com. This newsletter will give you little nudges about what you should be focusing on for your to-do list each month. Any new apps or resources that are going to help you optimize and minimize life admin. And it will also let you know how you can pre-order the book. We'll be back in your ears in November in time to get organized before Christmas and wrap this year in a state of control and calm. You laughed. Just laughed. We're in lockdown again. <laughs> Control with yes, calm indeed. We are well, we are recording this episode while Melbourne has gone well, whole Victoria actually has gone back into lockdown for coronavirus. So uh, I think you gotta laugh at what you can laugh at these days, I reckon, Mia. Yeah. We're both wearing oodies, so there's a little insight into our mental state right now. <laughs> So in this episode, we're going to talk a bit about where Mia and I have got to in our life admin journey. So since we've been writing the book, we've researched lots of changes in the markets. We've discovered new apps and websites. We've also been interviewing others about their perspectives and processes and working on our products of coaching and training. And so that's helped us optimize our processes even further. Life admin systems need to flex to the rhythm of your house and better ways of doing things. So we're going to update you on where we're at, focusing on our life admin foundations. Yeah, and that's where we started the book. It's all about this idea that a foundation to a strong life admin game is essential. It's this structural basis that's going to support you. And just like a house has to be built on a strong foundation to avoid collapsing under stress, so does your life admin system. 
And this process of building a strong foundation reveals the source of many common problems that usually just think a part of life admin. You kind of think that sense of chaos or being on the hamster wheel, the never-ending to-dos, the fact that tasks feel random or ad hoc may just coming at you from any direction. Some people think that's just normal and the way life is. But once you actually put these foundations into place, you realize that all of, the, all of those things go away and it becomes quite methodical. So yeah. a lot of those problems are either prevented or they're eliminated. There are whole jobs in the workplace that are dedicated to process improvement and systems. And so it really is kind of baffling to think that when you think about how many life admin tasks we have to do over and over, sometimes year in, year out, or even every day in, day out, that we don't create a system to make the life admin easier, a system and a process. Yeah, and I, I can see, you know, you think about people having six sigma belt black belts. To be able to manage processes and tasks in a workplace, I feel like we are the six sigma black belt equivalent when it comes to life admin. <laughs> You're definitely getting there. Maybe I don't know how that, that colours go. Maybe we're green belts or red belts. What does the colour ladder work out? I'm not sure. Well, let's just go with black belts, Diana. We're pretty good. <laughs> and what are these foundations? They haven't changed. When we were writing the book, we had a look at them again and sort of debated about what should be in those top groups. But these are the game changers. It's the password manager. It's going paperless so that all your stuff is in cloud storage. It's having digital schedules and shared schedules with your family, lists, to-do lists, reference lists, checklists in some digital device, and budgeting. And once you focus on these fundamentals, get them humming, it'll free you up to focus on other more fun things. And it will also really help with that sharing of the mental load. So these foundational systems have been the things that have really helped in in my family, making sure that I'm not carrying all the load anymore. So spending time with your partner, agreeing these foundations really does reduce the angst, snarky comments and fights in your household. (laughs) Snarky comments, cute. Okay, so (laughs) passwords, we originally talked about password managers in episode three. We looked at the latest reviews of the apps that are out there, LastPass, Keeper, 1Password and Dashlane all still rate very well. You can start a free trial. You can watch YouTube videos to help set them up on your devices and essentially it'll step you through the process. I think I say it over and over again in these episodes that the password manager really has changed my life. I really can't even remember how I possibly functioned without it. So we have LastPass families and I really recommend getting onto it, particularly before your kids start high school, because then they start to get a whole raft of passwords as well. So really having the infrastructure to help them remember their passwords really makes life so much better. Yeah, and I guess I'm looking at my email inbox right now and there's a bunch of emails from the school teachers with all their passwords to facilitate home learning for the next week. So, yeah. And I also have set up Spriggy accounts for my kids. They have their own passwords. So they're managing their passwords is becoming a thing. I have Keeper across my phone and my home MacBook Pro and my work PC. And, yeah, it is something that I use all day, every day. And recently one of my providers was hacked and they had a cybersecurity incident and Keeper alerted me that I needed to update my password. So it it has been essential. And the other thing that I find I use a lot 
is the fact that I've got my ID stored in there. So I've got photos of my license, my passport, my working with children check, like frequent flyer number, that kind of thing. Uh, I think we originally recommended that you would keep photos of these IDs and other membership numbers in your cloud storage, but it's more secure in your password manager. And I actually find it convenient because I can save it in the same record as my login and password for that particular provider. So for example, I've got a record for Vic Roads. It's got a photo of my license in there so I can refer to that or download that as I need to do a 100-point ID check. And it's also got my login and password for when I need to log in and pay for my red zone, things like that. Yeah, I think one of the other things that is really worth pointing out for password managers is it's not just an app on your phone. And most of these password managers have Chrome extensions And if you don't know what a Chrome extension is, it's something that you, a little program you can install into your Chrome browser and it actually adds to your browser's functionality. So in my case, I have the LastPass Chrome browser and that means that whenever I go to a website that needs a password, my password manager extension can automatically fill in my login and password details for me. And that was really the massive game changer for my husband when I finally got that installed on his work computer. So if you haven't taken that next step and moved your password manager from your phone onto your computer, highly recommend investing a bit of time and getting that up and running. And what we covered off in our digital estate planning episode was also having a legacy contact in your password manager so that if you become incapacitated or heaven forbid pass away, then your legacy contact gets granted access to your passwords and they can manage, you know, all of your digital accounts, help tie up loose ends, very helpful. So the second foundational element of our life admin system is cloud storage. And I think, Mia, you and I both use Google Drive and Gmail. Have you got any updates on on what you've done with your cloud storage? Well, we tackled this very early on. This was episode two in the podcast where we had spent a weekend shredding paper and moving everything into Google Drive and setting up this separate Gmail email address. I haven't used changed the technology, but I've changed what I get sent to that Gmail email address. Now that I've separated from my husband, it's used for co-parenting and family-related emails and calendar activities. So things will come through on that Google Calendar or through that, that Gmail email address that has to do with school communications, family events, after-school care, kids' bank accounts, all that kind of thing. And I've downloaded the Google Drive app to my phone so I can scan and save hard copy things straight into it. I can save email attachments straight into it. It's still ridiculously useful. When we uh, were, were writing our book and we were getting feedback from people, some people considered it a bit controversial or mm. unnecessary to have a separate life admin email address. And I think we've done quite a bit of research on that. You want to share what we sort of found and where we landed on the need to have a separate life admin email address. Yeah. Well, the initial recommendation came because we wanted to create neutral space. If it sits in one person, if you're in a household or a couple partnership, whoever's getting the emails is often the person that has to act on it. So we wanted to move it into neutral territory so that both people could access this email address and share it more equitably. We've still since read material from Scott Pape, who who wrote The Barefoot Investor, and Cal Newport, who's written World Without Email, funnily enough, along with books around habits. 
And both of them recommend setting up distinct email addresses to organise separate realms of your life. How do you find it works, Stein? It's really helped give visibility to that all of the tasks that need to happen in our house and really help share that load. So it definitely has created that neutral territory. It's also meant that I can really keep away from my personal email, which still, despite best intentions, does tend to get filled up with kind of email subscriptions and bits and bobs because it's been an account I've had for such a long time. So it really means that when I open that live admin email address, I just get down to business. There's really no cleaning up or tidying. Everything in there either needs to be actioned or filed. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is a good time to think about, you know, if you've been using cloud storage for a while, you might be time to go and have a look at what you've saved in there and actually delete obsolete files. I think initially when we both went paperless, we tended to save more just out of just risk aversion. And then we realized we've never used it. We've never looked at it. It's now out of date. It's a part of life that's over. You can probably log in to a provider and get a copy of whatever it might be or find it on the internet. So feel free to go in there and delete, delete, delete. One of the things I have played around with is using different email apps on my phone mm. because uh, there's obviously the native app that comes within your iPhone. There's a Gmail app. And I've also over time used like the Outlook email app because that was what I was using for work. But in terms of that life admin email address, I've really landed on using the Gmail app because it just means that's the only email I've got in that app and it's super easy to save anything I do need to save straight from that Gmail app straight into Google Drive because of the functionality being so integrated with Google Drive. So, you know, playing around with the different apps to find one that works for you is definitely worth it. Mm, Good one. Okay, another pillar of the foundation is around scheduling and having a digital calendar that's also shared. Dinah, this again is around bringing visibility, but also the convenience of just knowing when you're available, where you have to be at any given time in the palm of your hand, as opposed to having to look at five different calendars on fridges or walls or phones or computers. Yeah, and I, I really think that the benefit of adding in those recurring activities is something that I probably hadn't done before. So before we really got into this, I probably didn't put things like basketball training and that happen every week. But really having them in there is it's both a reminder so you don't accidentally schedule something on top of it. Mm. But again, brings that visibility so that both in the whole family know what's happening and where everyone's got to be on, on particular days. I just rely on that. I like my memory these days. If I just had to remember when things were happening, it'd be a disaster. I, I put in there now, you know, I've got the menu planning in there. I used to have which days I was doing laundry because we had this sort of system of which uniforms needed to be ready for which sport or which extracurricular. So it was like, on this day, this is a laundry session because we need that uniform ready for this thing. So even those inevitable kind of things that crop up each week, schedule it in so that you know it happens, so that you know that you've got time to do it. And then obviously all the aspirational things like the fact that you want to do yoga or meditate or read or garden or go for a bike ride, whatever it might be, block it out in your calendar, a much higher chance of happening. Yeah, so in terms of tech, Mia, what are you using for your shared calendar now? Are you using the native calendar app or are you using a different calendar app on your phone? Mm, I'm using Google Calendars. So we have the shared Google Calendar related to parenting stuff, family stuff, 
And then I have an, my own personal Google Calendar for my personal life. And when I look on my phone, I use the native calendar app and I have those Google calendars synced in so I can see all my calendars in one spot and they're just color coded if they're mine or if you, you know, if the event is my thing or a family thing, it's color coded. How about you? So that's where I actually do use the Outlook app on my phone because I found that that syncs much better with my work calendar and I like to be able to see my work calendar and my shared calendar in the same view on my phone, just where I've got those things that overlap. So I use the Outlook app to see both my work and home calendar together. Um, And my husband does the same thing on his phone so he can see both his work calendar and our family calendar in the same view. And the Outlook app is much better if you're adding events, syncing back to Outlook, whereas the native iPhone calendar doesn't work so well with Outlook calendars. Yeah, we had you had quite a bit of experimentation there to get that combo right, didn't you? Yeah. I'm glad we got, we got there in the end. Okay, my favourite thing, lists. <laughs> lists. <laughs> oh, gosh, I could get a T-shirt made that just had lists exclamation mark and just wear it with pride gosh maybe we should get some merch happening diner yeah you do love a list you are probably the person who i who loves lists the most of anyone i know so i definitely maybe that's what i should organize for your birthday next year but um (laughs) what what app have you changed optimized your lists what's what's changed in your list world my list world, I am using reminders on my iPhone for my 10-minute time killers. So that's been the biggest change. I, I just used to have a to-do list that was called my to-do list. I now have a 10-minute time killer list where all the short 10-minute time killers go. And then I have an hour of power list where I have the things that I know are going to take a little bit of concentration and I need to get some resources together. I still have my worries list which is my reminders where I dump my worries and then I look at them two weeks later and I'm like, what was I worried about that for? Delete. It's very therapeutic. I highly recommend it. And then I'm still using notes for my checklists and long-term reference lists. So if I need a checklist for like how to, what I need to do to organize my kid's birthday or for example, my grocery list, my meal plan, all of those kinds of things, I'm using notes because notes now has those little you can insert tables and you can insert little checklists in notes and you can share them. So I'm still loving those tools. What about you, Dinah? Well, I had a bit of a sad journey of my list because <laughs> I loved Wonderlist so much. And then Wonderlist got like bought out by someone and I think it got turned into Microsoft and the mm. list that they turned it into was terrible. Mm-hmm. And so then I did all this research and we tried to use Todoist, which everyone claims is the best to-do list app. But we kind of never really like loved it. I think it was just too complicated. So we've actually also moved to Reminders partly because I've really been perfecting using Siri to add to the list. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it really means I'm one of those people who often thinks of things and being able to talk to Siri in the car or while I'm cooking the dinner and adding it to the the list has really been (laughs) a game changer. So (laughs) I'm loving Siri. Yeah, especially when you're driving. Oh, hello, Siri. Oh, I shouldn't say that. It's going to talk. 
And I've actually yep. got my reference lists in reminders too, just because then it's easier. All my lists are in one spot. So mm. I don't need to worry about switching apps. Any list, I go to the one place. Really easy to share with my husband too. I love assigning him tasks. One of my <laughs> most favorite things to do. <laughs> oh, okay. And then budgeting. And we had a bit of a debate whether budgeting was a foundation. T- or not when we were writing the book it definitely belongs as a foundation task this isn't really an optional thing this is something that you need to do it it does grease the wheels for a whole bunch of other comparison shopping because you know what you need to play around with where you need to cut some fat off or whether on the other side whether you can outsource something because you've got some surplus money to play with so it has this flow-on effect of how you might impact your life admin Yeah, so in terms of budgeting, I have toyed with some of the apps we recommended in our podcast episode, but they're really not for me, although I think it does bring visibility to different things. I still have gone back to my old system, like a once a year, big check-in, setting a target, and then we just put our money straight into bank accounts based on our targets. So really sort of automate it so that we have to live within our means, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one of the silver linings of COVID has been basically no cash anymore. So I was actually just redoing our budget complete visibility on everything we spend that you can't hide a dollar anymore. That's made it actually easier because I think in the past there was kind of this gap of cash, who knew what that was spent on. And now, you know, I know everything, even, you know, every $1 seems to be sent spent on a card these days. Yeah. I'm just reflecting on the use of cash. The only times I have used cash, I feel like in the last year is to put a dollar like a gold coin into a supermarket trolley to unlock it (laughs) or to give my kids like a gold coin donation for something that's going on at school I I can't think of any other occasion where I've actually got the cash out so yeah it's great that you got that visibility I'm still using the money brilliant app I'm liking its pings and dings to let me know how I'm tracking on things so that's our life admin foundations Mia, probably the other area where we've really optimised and things have changed is in comparison shopping. Do you want to give us a bit of an a update on approach to comparison shopping? Yeah, sure. So this is a, you know, a big chunk of life admin is just keeping up to date with your plans and policies and making sure you're getting the best deal on whatever it might be. And in some markets, things have changed quite a little bit. So home loans... At the moment, when we first looked at this in episode 15, in Australia right now, we pretty much have the lowest interest rates since the 1970s. So you need to compare the rate you're paying against the average interest rate. Head to moneysmart.gov.au, have a look-see, and a minimum call your bank and ask whether they can offer you something more competitive. And if you want to invest more time and reap more savings, call a mortgage broker. So you could ask some family or friends for a recommendation. And diamond has been changed in the energy markets as well. So we talked about energy in episode 14, but what we're really seeing now is open data being available. So always on comparison services are possible. So I actually recently so- used one called Energy Umpire. Previously, lots of providers were making you sign up to one or two year deals to get better prices, but most contracts now no longer have exit fees and they're they're not locking you in. It's such a commodity, so you really can continue to always look out for the better deal. Probably the thing that is increasingly emerging is green power being a good way to buy according to your values or sustainability. 
Yeah, there's also been lots of changes with internet plans. We looked at this in episode 13. Since then, the NBN rollout is complete. There are 35 internet service providers in Australia. And at that time, you know, contracts used to be about two years. Now they've come down to six months. And what you get for your average $69 per month has changed. You know, Choice talked about the fact that most people stay with their ISP for about five years. If you haven't changed for five years, you are you are in for a great surprise because there's much better value out there. And mobile phones, there were considerable shifts here as well, weren't there, Dinah? Yeah, so 5G is now rolling out. Uh, is 44 phone carriers in Australia with more than 300 plans. So now more than ever, it's probably cheaper to shop around to buy a handset on sale rather than to buy a contract. Even if you do put it on a plan, you'll probably pay the same price. The one thing that I think is important to really think about is if because of COVID, you're working from home more, the data that you might have used to use on your commute or at work, um, you might be using quite a bit less data. So it's worth checking in to see whether you can reduce your data plan and really make some savings there. I certainly just did that. Yeah, me too. I'm just, I'm paying $35 a month now because I'm either using the Wi-Fi at home or the Wi-Fi at work. And I'm just going to use this handset until it dies and then upgrade to something that can take on 5G. But the trade-ins also, now you can trade in your phone either to a telco or even people like JB or Apple. You can trade in your old handset. You might get some dollar off your plan or dollars off your new handset. And then signing up to a SIM-only a SIM only contract is much more financially sensible. Who knew things yeah. had changed so much? <laughs> yeah, so that's the state of the administration. So I think that wraps us up for today, Mia. Wraps us up for season five. Wow, season five, put it to bed. We (laughs) hope that you've enjoyed season five and we hope the hacks from this episode will incentivize you to get started on your life admin foundations or to optimize them. Our top hacks are if you only do one thing, get a password manager. (laughs) It will change your life. If something isn't working, don't put up with it or even don't abandon it. Take the time to optimize it. Do a little research, watch some YouTube videos, or maybe even try some new tech. And finally, sign up for our monthly Momentum newsletter at lifeadminlifehacks.com for monthly nudges on seasonal life admin tasks and other tips and inspiration. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. And if you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. It's Ram season, which means it's time to serve with Ram 1500, Ram 3500, and Ram TRX. Hurry in now for great deals on the trucks that are built to serve. Right now during Ram season, get 10% below MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Ram 1500 Laramie. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. Contact dealer for details. Take retail delivery by 531-23.